0: Let's do it You really still
1: in this intro song, aren't you? Yeah,
0: it's because it's not yours. Oh! <laughs> no, oh, no. No, oh, no. Nope. There it is. Wow. I thought you knew your soundboard better I, than I that. Don't. I don't. That's two burns in literally less than 20 seconds. Yeah, man, it's it's all because you were away for yeah. a while. I just had time to, like, think about all the stuff. That it's I okay. Say to you.
1: I was guarding my heart against that, so yeah. I'm ready.
0: All right, <laughs> perfect, perfect. Um, so the, I was thinking about this the other day, man. Seven years. Seven years ago, you and I graduated high school. Ugh. That is crazy. Wow.
1: I've become one of those old people that make that noise when people say that. <laughs>
0: And I know that for Whitney it was eight years ago. Ha. We older. <laughs> and then Corianne, was it nine years ago mm-hmm. for you? Oh. oh my goodness, how yep. does that make you feel? So weird. Like you're one year yeah. you're one year away from your tenure in are hope you gonna we go have to it?
2: One. Oh yeah. Yeah? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I can't wait.
0: Did you graduate in California?
2: hmm Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I really hope we have a ten year.
0: Mm. Now does is it the valid valid Victorian that like
2: uh that like or orchestrates, like orchestrates all that? I have no idea. I feel I like know. I've heard that it is. Maybe. I don't think our Val Victorian would do that. <laughs> 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 take the yeah. initiative. <gasps>
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, seven years. A lot has happened in seven years for me and David. Eight. Yeah, a lot has happened I, in nine. I feel
2: like I've changed so much since high school. Yeah. yeah. Like <clears throat> it's crazy.
0: Yeah. I think a part of that is. Um, you have people like in your corner who hold you accountable and stuff. Yeah. And <laughs> Is this your transition? <laughs> Bruh. Um <laughs> the chair. The chair was the chair, so yeah. ugly. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I think part of it a part of all that growth comes from pe- having people in your corner who mm-hmm. hold you accountable and For sure. um like to see you grow and i know that david has been that person for me i mean we didn't <laughs> we weren't all that close immediately after graduation but he we, he's always stuck by me he's always he stuck
2: around <laughs> he's always
0: stuck around and like just seen me at my lowest um and he's always pushed me to do better when i didn't believe that i could do better so thank you david for that i could say the same for you
1: you've seen me at my lowest and it wasn't pretty mm-hmm.
0: you're right it wasn't i second yeah.
1: that <laughs> It was very repetitive.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but no. Uh, so, guys, we're going to get right into it. Um, let's talk a little bit about a, accountability. Um, can you reiterate what you said in the last episode, David? I was just saying that um, most, like,
1: if you have friendships without accountability, they tend to not survive. Yeah. And it's important to have somebody that you trust and respect mm-hmm. give you not only construct like, not only compliments. Or good things, like Dalton just shared with me, but also constructive criticism to better your life. Because it's all about the big G word.
0: Yeah. Growth. Because yeah. If, th- if you think about it, if you're constructing a building and you know that there's something wrong with the foundation or with the frame, then you want to bring that to light. Right. Before you continue. Or otherwise, the building is going to fall in on itself.
3: A house divided against itself cannot stand.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Don't think that was... And I think
1: that <laughs> the criticism scares us the most because it's the thing that could help us. Yeah. And I think we're scared deep down of change. And it's like mm-hmm. you were saying to me at one point, you were like, the heart is resistant to change. Mm-hmm. And so...
0: Yeah. Yeah. Accountability. Accountability. Um, so, in, for our listeners in this episode, we are going to be, we're going to display that accountability um, and display that open honesty uh, in the friendships that we have here in this room uh, in hopes that you would be encouraged to have that same accountability and honesty with your, within your own friend group or small group or whatever it is that you have. And I think it's so interesting that last Sunday, um, I ended up like confessing to my church my whole struggle with depression. Um, it it wasn't like planned; it wasn't like rehearsed or anything. It was like a total filled with the Spirit moment. Um, Goodness, wit. Are you good?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You should answer me. Are you good? Are you good?
2: Thumbs up. Your mic is
1: still too far. There
0: you go. Um But last Sunday I ended up just confessing my whole struggle with depression to the church. And it wasn't rehearsed, it wasn't planned. It was a total like filled with the spirit type of moment. Mm -hmm. Um my pastor was preaching on the prop the gospel proper, so like the just like the written gospel like what is the gospel and he was going through all that and then he brought up um that some christians just are not living as free as they could be as christ has called them to be and so he brought up like pornography and depression and addiction and other stuff and he's sensitive to the fact that depression is a mental illness mental disorder um but at the same time it's like we also have control of our thoughts. Mm-hmm. We, can, we also can say, this is just a thought. I'm going to rely on God. I'm also going to rely on medication, but I'm also going to rely on God. Um, I believe that God has given us that gift. Uh, but anyway, um, so he, goes, he mentions all that, and then he like goes into a convicting prayer, and then we sing one last song before like we dismiss, and by the end of the song, I am just like shaking, just filled with adrenaline, And I'm like, I've got to get up there and talk about how God good, how God good, how good God is, or else I'm not going to feel right the the rest of the day. And so I get up there and I'm just like, God good. (laughs) God good. (laughs) God good. But like, the reason I bring this up is because like, I was just encouraging the whole church to be open and be honest with the church. And not to hide their struggles, but to face them head-on and then run to the Father and let the church love them as we have been called to love. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, that's why I bring that up. Uh, just a little short little tidbit there. Uh, but David, you said you, that you wanted to share first. Sure. <laughs> Let's go. Let's do this.
1: Um, first, I'm going to share from uh, Matthew 14. Um, this is a story of Jesus walking on the water, and I think it really kind of sets the stage for where I kind of want to go in my life. Uh, So I'm just going to read from that for a minute. Um, This is in verse 22. Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowd, after he had dismissed them, he went up to the mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was already a considerable distance from land. Um. Baffled by the waves, or buffeted, buffeted, I can't read, I'm sorry. Um, Buffeted by the waves because of the wind, because the wind was against it. Um, During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. He said, "Come." And then Peter got down off the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began and beginning to sink. Cried out, "Lord, save me!" Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. "You have little faith," he said. "Why did you doubt?" And when they climbed into the boat and the wind died down, then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, "Truly, you are the Son of God." So, I just that think that really illustrates um, what I'm about to bring up in my life. So I prepared something. I just want to read it. Um, the weeds in my life started growing immediately after I was baptized. In high school, I didn't pursue my faith at all. Treated it as a dirty little secret I was embarrassed of. In college, it became easier to share my faith, yet I still had no real connection to God as the Father. Towards the end of college, I found out what it meant to feel the bond with God at times. Quickly, things started to turn around in my life, but the bad things remained. These are the things that, despite my relationship with the Lord, I have a hard time expelling. These things include procrastination, not portraying Christ well in casual settings, and not taking the leadership roles I know I'm called to. In short, sometimes I feel embarrassed of my faith, even though it's done wonders in my friendships and in my relationships. I can't seem to take the next step in my life towards my faith. I'm like Peter in the story of Jesus walking on the water. I walk out onto the waters toward God only until things get uncomfortable, then I sink. Have you guys ever felt this way before? First of all, what changed for you in your faith walk to jump to jump from person with faith into person of faith? What personal advice can you offer me about overcoming my fear of totally giving it all to God? And action.
0: So, first of all, uh, thank you for sharing that. Um, I know it takes a certain amount of like courage and vulnerability to just like lay it all out there. Um, one thing uh, that I can say is that I have definitely felt that way, um, as far as like I'm just not giving my all to God. Um, and this was back before God ever moved me from Murfreesboro. Mm -hmm. Uh, so this is like in, uh, a six month span between getting baptized and really coming to know God. Um, I had professed Jesus as my Lord and savior and, uh, was rededicating my life to him, but I was still living in so much sin. Um, I was still going off and sleeping with people. I was still uh, just speaking profanity everywhere I went. Uh, But then I would go to church, and I would put on this front. Um, And it it didn't really feel like I was putting on a front at the time. It it felt natural. It felt like it was me. It felt like I was finally me. But then once I left church, I was going back to whoever this other person was. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really convicting cause it was, it to keep with the illustration, um, it's like I was stepping out onto the water, but then as soon as I left the church and went back to my old life, it, everything got uncomfortable again. The mm-hmm. wind was blowing, the waves were crashing and I was sinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just was unwilling to reach out to God or Call out to him to like come to me, and like save me because I felt like a dirty, rotten sinner. Mm-hmm. Um. And the uh, so the, that's pretty much how I felt that whole six months, and, but I was getting closer to Jesus every time like I was stepped out. Mm-hmm. Um. And I got to a point where I really felt like I was doing good, where I really felt like I'm not failing anymore. Like I was, I wasn't sleeping with anybody. I was, I had taken control of my mouth, um, and I was trying to do good deeds as far as like service others. Um, and there was one night where I like took this guy, this one guy who has trouble making friendships. I took him out to a place that I knew he would enjoy. And we had like a great time. He had a great time. It turned into a super late night. I take him home. And then on my way home, I'm falling back. in. I'm starting to fall back in. I'm like, it's late. I'm lonely. And I know somebody that I can go see. And as I was like thinking about going and see, going to see this person, that's when God just flips everything around. Mm-hmm. End up hitting a dog, crashing the car, yada, yada, yada. I've shared this before. God like puts me in a position where I'm like, where I'm just like mad at him. And I'm just like, why would you let this happen? Like, I was finally doing good and I slipped up one time and now you're punishing me. But the thing is, is that God, he wasn't punishing me. He was stopping me in my tracks so that he could show me the way forward. Mm -hmm. Um, He was humbling me
1: Mm -hmm.
0: so that I could see him as my Lord, as my authority figure. Um, And once I finally said, okay, God, I hear you. I see that I need to honor what you've, like, what you have for me, and right? what commands you've given me, stuff like this. I need to honor my body. I need to honor the temple. Um, that's when the tests came. And it's like things that I didn't think could fall apart, fell apart. And now, now I'm here at rock bottom. But the difference was is that I wasn't scared anymore. Mm-hmm. I was comforted by the fact that this is ordained by God. And I know that whatever comes out of this is what he has planned for me. Mm -hmm. So I think the point that I'm really trying to get at is transitioning from that person. How did you say it? person of faith, per-
1: person with faith into a person of faith.
0: Okay. So transitioning from that person with faith into a person of faith was humility, mm-hmm. humbling myself, being willing to lose whatever God was wanted to take mm-hmm. in order to have a closer relationship with him. Um, so when I said, God, I'm sorry that I lost faith so easily. I won't lose faith faith that easily again. That was a testament of like, whatever comes my way, you are my God, and I'm going to trust in you. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to trust in myself, I'm going to trust in you. So that, that was like a huge act of humility. And that is when I really feel like my faith solidified. Okay. Because ever since then, it's like I've just felt God pushing me
3: forward.
2: Okay. I feel like me, a big one was just jumping into things that scared me. Mm-hmm. So I feel like a lot of my life I've been, like, scared to do things. So, like, not not necessarily ashamed of, like, my faith, but scared to do things that I felt God calling me to do or mm-hmm. doing things that were I thought were outside of myself. Um. So like, you know, I grew grew up in California, always lived in the same area and was kind of given the opportunity to move to Arizona and that scared the living daylights out of me. But I moved out there all by myself and then, you know, being out there and realizing God was with me and I could do these things I didn't think I could do led me to doing more things that, you know, I was scared of and I conquered those things and it just really showed me faithfulness of God which then just built my faith up in him even more and just seeing how I kept excelling at things that I was scared of before Mm -hmm. so I think for me it was just like forcing myself and I I know it's like easier said than done but like really it was just like Corianne this scares you but you're gonna do it so like finding things that scared me and just jumping headfirst into them basically
1: okay Little, you can
2: Yeah.
3: Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think mine has always just been a call to obedience. Um, and hear me out, we're all called to <laughs> obedience. But if I am being honest, I guess I feel deep down that there's always been this push, this call for my life that I never really could put my finger on, but I didn't know how to have a relationship with God because I was raised in a church that didn't teach relationship. It taught, you know, the law and, and salvation, and that was about it. And so I had always believed in God, but I never wanted to, to get baptized or to get saved because I didn't want to change the way that I was living and the way that I wanted to pursue what I thought life should look like. Um, and so God really, really called me out of that. Like his first call to me was, You know, if you love me, obey my commandments. And for the longest time I wanted to get baptized and I made excuses not to. um, Not because I didn't believe, but because so many people did not care about God because of another person. Not anything to do with who he is, but just because other people had been hypocritical with the call that they had on their life and the way that they stewarded it. And so I didn't want to say, yeah, I'm a Christian, even though I always fully believed, because... I didn't want to give him a bad name because of choices I decided to make. So it took me a while to kind of get on board with that. And then, um, but I was living in a relationship out of wedlock, and I I was so sure that that was what I was supposed to be doing, and that was who I was supposed to be with. And then I never did have the peace that I knew that I needed. And so when God sent a laborer across my path to really be like – a spiritual figure in a way and speak to my life. It, it brought conviction. It brought that truth that I needed. It exposed the dark places in my life. And he was like, hey, he's like, you know, you don't really love, love people the way that you say that you do. He was like, God is love. And he says, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. He's like, you're shacking up with somebody you're not married to, and I know that you know better. What are you doing with your life? I went to work, and I thought about that all day. All day I thought about that, and— Well, here we are now, you know, like God really pulled me out of that. Anytime I've ever tried to pursue something that wasn't what God had for me, he's been super jealous over me and he's always called me to this place of obedience in this area specifically of my life. Um, And it's just trusting him and it's, it's staying in position and going back to our last episode of just guarding your heart. A big part of guarding your heart is you have to stand your post. You have to stand firm and you have to stay in position Because even if you do the right things and have the right influences, if you walk away from your post, you're not really being a good steward or a good guard of your heart. And so for me, it's just staying in that place of obedience and growing deeper and closer with him. Um, But that's a little bit of my testimony. And that's kind of how God called me out of this, this mundane place, this place that there really wasn't life in to this place where there's so much abundance and so much growth and so much fruit. And I, I feel like he's, actually telling me to ask him for even more, which sounds ridiculous to me because I feel like I'm already so thankful. Like I, like I get to be with you guys. You know, we, we get the privilege to go to church and speak about Jesus freely. The privileges that we have like, oh, my goodness, I just don't think how it could get any better than that. And I feel like even now he's calling me. He's like, okay, wait, you're ankle deep. He's like, I need you to go knee deep and then waist deep. I'm calling you to deeper waters. I need you to ask me for big things that are, that are going to shock me that you ask me for them. That's where I need you to be. But you have to stay in position and you have to stay in purpose. And so <laughs> that's just kind of a little bit of from where I started to, to where I am to where I feel like God's leading me.
0: so obedience yeah, yeah. <clears throat> okay um David does that feel like it helps or
1: I do I do feel like it helps
0: yeah okay um okay well I will go next um so something that uh it, it, it could be me just being too hard on myself uh which I have a track writer long track record of doing um but one thing that I really feel like I just need to do better on is being a person of my word Mm. um I I catch myself a lot telling little white lies um just to make myself sound better um whether it's, like, just a little detail or, like, uh, there are times when I was still paying my mother back, and David would be asking me, like, hey, man, are you still doing good? Are you still paying like like you know you should? And I'd be like, yeah, man, like, I'm still paying. And then he would ask me, uh, like, how much have you gotten it gotten your debt down to? And I'd be telling him the same number that I had been telling him for months. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it hadn't changed because I wasn't paying. Um the fact is, is I would pay like a little bit here, a little bit there, and then I would get distracted and like buy things that I wanted or uh, just overeat stuff like that. Um, but another thing is, is um, a lot like keeping in step with that, like with what I'm saying. Uh, there are times when I act like I've got it all together and I don't. Um, and it's because I'm ashamed that I don't share the truth but if I don't share the truth then I'm never going to be held accountable the way that I should and I'm never going to grow out of the area that I want to grow out of um, so is there anything that you guys can share with me that either can encourage me or, honestly, I'm here for tough love. Like, I, I can take tough love, and I want it. So um, just words of encouragement, tough love, or whatever else like you think you, have, you can say.
3: Well, I think that, and hear me out with this, but, you know, the first thing Jesus did before he really told people to change is he just loved them. And there was a grace. And so I think giving yourself grace, I think that's something that each of us honestly could do better with whenever we miss the mark is, is giving ourselves grace and not as a,
2: a, like a cop-out.
3: Yeah, not as a cop-out, but actually genuine grace, like allowing God to give us the grace because he doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. So whenever you start to dig into the word and you just start looking at more things about just identity and who you are, and I'm preaching to the choir here, I'm with you but just the things that matter, making those things happen, even if other things don't get done, like whatever's a priority, do that. And then don't worry about the rest. Mm-hmm. So if time with Jesus is important do that and don't worry about the rest or something that somebody told me one time and it was really, really good. And they were like, Hey, if I ask you for something and you don't really want to give it, you know, and you give it anyway, that's the same thing as lying because in your heart, you don't really have it in you to give to me even if you have it, if I ask you and you don't really want to in your heart, don't do it. Learn, learn that honesty. And so whenever people ask you for things and you find yourself giving out your word, like it's free candy, but you know that in your heart, you aren't really committed to doing it. Go ahead and just say, no, I, you know, I, I appreciate the offer. I would love to be able to, but I'm going to say that, you know, I'm going to have to pass. There's other things that I just need to accomplish. And you don't always have to explain yourself. Um, and there's times to be diligent and lay down your life and do things for people, but there's also times to be really honest whenever you need that separated time.
2: Mm. Or
3: um, just giving yourself grace, making sure you know what your priorities are, and, and pick like a couple of things. One's going to be your time with Jesus and keeping those things first. And then just not committing to something that you know in your heart you're not really committed to.
1: I think, um, just kind of going off, he's whining really hard down there, um, kind of going off, like, last week, we, we brought up the story of Peter, and I know that you have told me personally that you identify the most with Peter in the Bible, um, the story that we were talking about just now, when he lost faith and, and drowned, he missed the mark then.
3: And drowned. And not drowned. <laughs> that was he didn't drown. He lives. Dalton, you're not going to drown. You will live in that You're time. not going <laughs> to drown. Jesus. He was drowned. Mean. They got Sorry. pulled back into the boat. Wrong.
1: Wrong <laughs> participle there. Um, but he missed the mark. You know, when he denied Jesus, he missed the mark. So what did he spend his life doing after that? He turned that. He spent the rest of his life preaching the gospel. And Sometimes I feel like you take a negative thing and you produce more negative from it. Like something happens and, like Whitney was saying, you you don't give yourself grace sometimes and you'll get in that state of mind that you've told me about where it just, it's hard to get out of that. Mm -hmm. And it's not bad if you take negative, uh, take missing the mark and turn it into, Positive, turn it into motivation, and that's what I would like to see you do. Mm -hmm. When you miss the mark, I, I would hate to see. I would like to see less of putting yourself down and more of, let's do better. Like let's get an action plan together. Let's do better. You know what I mean? Because there's two ways to run a race. You can picture the picture the finish line, and along the way like think about how long it's going to be to get to the finish line but or you can just think about that next step that next that next foot in front of the other taking it a day at a time a mistake at a time giving yourself grace like when Whitney mentioned not to the point where you're obviously continuously doing what you're doing but also you want to get to a point where you are motivating yourself instead of like degrading yourself and downing yourself Mm -hmm. because that negative energy that mindset is dangerous and you know that better than anybody so that's what I would say
2: yeah I feel like that negative energy that you have with that it like it keeps it would keep you in that place and then when you're in that place you just keep doing what you're doing but um I love like kind of flying along with Peter. So like after Jesus was crucified and then he rose again and he appeared to people and he was telling, I can't remember who it was, but it was some of the first people. I don't think it was the Marys. I can't remember who it was, but he told them, go tell the disciples, especially Peter, you know, like Peter messed up. He denied Jesus, but Jesus was like, I want him, like, especially to know, you know, that I'm Mm -hmm. risen because I, it's not that he cares more about Peter, but he's just like emphasizing the fact that Peter messed up, but like he's fine again in my eyes. Like I want him to know, you know? So I think that's an important thing is that grace that you should have for yourself, but just knowing that Jesus extends that to you. And that, that when you come to him for forgiveness, like he's, you're just right back to that starting point with him again.
0: Yeah, it's so funny that you bring that up because that was what our sermon on was on this morning, <laughs> um, and like the the last point is Jesus pursues by grace a renewed fellowship, mm-hmm. um, and I, that's I feel like I've gotten better at giving myself grace. Um, obviously I'm not just I'm just not there yet. But, uh, that's one thing that I have realized, um, in the past few weeks is that I can run to the father and I don't have to hide. Mm -hmm. There's not a reason to wait. Um, one of the biggest things is that like immediately after I fail in whatever way, it's like now I feel too ashamed to go ask for forgiveness, to go thank God for his grace. Um, but this is a conversation that I had with a friend with a, friend a couple of weeks ago, is that, like, just go to the Father with gratitude. Mm-hmm. Because he's done what he's done.
3: Yeah. I think um, a lot of times we count ourselves out. It's not that God does, we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of times we'll get in that place and judge ourselves so critically. It's not that even he's doing that to us. Yeah. It's
2: Satan whispering
3: in your ear.
1: Yeah, it's like we've given up on ourselves, but God never gives up on us. He's going to keep trying for our heart day yeah. in, day out. Yeah. And, the and reason it's he, like sometimes we feel like he's not, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And the reason that we can know that's true is because he forsook Jesus on the cross so that he would never have to forsake us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah. So.
1: Thanks for sharing that, Dalton.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you, guys.
1: Dude, the, does that help at all?
0: It does. Um mm-hmm. Honestly, it feels like reiteration of what I've heard before. Yeah. And that's not to y'all's own fault. It's to, it's, it's a sign that I still need to work on this. Mm-hmm. It's a sign that, like, I haven't been taking the advice that y'all have been giving me. So, it's, um, it's just a reminder that, like, I'm prolonging the suffering when I don't heed to the fact that I need to give myself grace right so. um so we got two more
2: alright I'll 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 share since mine I kind of relate to you in the in, in like part of that so I would say for like the last five years I've dealt with an addiction to sugar like really strongly and I know I've I've shared this with some people but I don't think anyone's like really taking it seriously just because I'm smaller and like I work out and like I'm fit you know but like it's been a major struggle like I've spent I hate to say I've probably spent thousands of dollars on like sugary things like baking ingredients and like Oreos like stuff like that you know and at the end of the day it's just like an idolatry basically that it's turned into and I guess I relate to you, Dalton, in the fact that it's, like, I might eat the stuff, and then I repent, and then I eat it again, and I'm, like, oh, shoot, like, I can't keep asking for forgiveness. I don't know if that's something that you, like, kind of related to, Mm -hmm. but, like, it's, like, oh, my gosh, like, I've messed up, and then I just feel terrible about myself, and it's, like, it kind of, it botches the relationship, because then I'm not coming to Jesus, because I feel too ashamed, you know, and so... I have to say, like the last few months have been definitely a progression in in the right direction. I've definitely backed off in the sugar thing, but it's like in my mind, I'm like, oh well, now I can have like stevia and like make things that are healthy, but I'm still like eating it in not a good way. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's just something I'm really I've really struggled with for so long. And I guess my question to you guys would be like. I don't know. I guess the the biggest root of the issue is like turning to that for my sense of like fulfillment. Mm. And I know like in my mind, I know Jesus is the only fulfillment because I have to continuously go back to that. Yeah. You know, and it never fully satisfies me.
1: Right. I think it, it does have a lot to do with obviously your body's chemistry and then sugar and what it does to your body. Mm -hmm. But also, I think, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna use this as an example and I'll roll row back around what you're saying. So there are times at work when it never fails. I get food and then I sit it down and then I'm about to eat the food and then someone comes in and I have to work. Mm-hmm. And it happens every single time and I would get angry. And I started to see that it would visibly be, it would be visible to people. And so, like, finally when I would sit down to eat, I would like get that a little bit like a sense of like, oh, I needed this, and now I can be in a good mood, or now I can be like, yeah, like now I can be better. Now I can try and I don't know be a good example. I, it's stupid. It's food, but mm-hmm. it's still like it's not stupid. I, I take it back. It's not stupid, but I do see what you're that sense of like eating something that. Makes you feel good mm-hmm. for a little bit. Does kind of get to the point where it kind of takes over a little bit, and I would say, I don't know. There's, <laughs> there's nothing short of like simple like fitness things that I would say like, but like you said, it, it goes deeper than that. But I do kind of see what you're saying in that way is like food or sugar can replace that in a yeah. way and I feel weird talking about sugar this way but it's so true now I mean you said that mm-hmm. I used to be like I used to love Coca-Cola and every day after school I would like down a ton of cokes and hersheys and yeah but and again it's like it made me feel good it made me happy yeah and I mean do you do you feel that same way like oh, it, totally. like, like, like if you don't get that then you feel
2: yeah. And like, I know I'll go through the day and like my mind is just focused on like making something sugary. Right. Like I can't think of anything else or like, I'm like, honestly, I've canceled plans with people so I could stay home and like make something yeah, or bake something like and, and or I'll be out with someone and it like goes later mm-hmm. and I get angry. Cause I'm like, I really want to go home and like bake cookies or something, you know? Right. And I think I have some friends that I've been talking to and we've, been kind of doing a fast together but it's like I kind of been starting to wonder like I feel like more people might have an addiction to sugar or like some type of food substance oh yeah more than we'd imagine but
1: yeah it, it happens a lot and it's honestly I hate to compare it to a like a drug but it kind it of totally is, is like yeah. it totally it, is I mean like
0: it affects your chemistry it affects your yeah
3: brain let's function. not bring up my espresso machine then
1: uh-uh. <laughs> you mean your Nespresso? Um, uh,
0: one thing that I would add onto the conversation
2: mm-hmm.
0: is um, sugar in of itself is not a bad thing, and so it's not like we're talking about lust or greed or anything like that. So it it, it can be kind of tricky to like wrap your head around like why this is a bad. Uh, why this quote-unquote addiction is a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's because it's idolatry. Mm -hmm. Like, you're getting your joy from the sugar.
2: Right.
0: And not from God. Mm -hmm. Um, There's nothing wrong with having that happiness that comes with getting sugar or with whatever else is good and brings on happiness as long as you know that your joy is from God. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, one when you are abstaining or are unable to get that sugar, then you've got to remember like my joy is in Christ. And so sugar can't have an effect on my joy. And so whatever I'm feeling, if I'm feeling angry, yeah, I feel angry, but I'm going to have joy. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think you, you do a good job of that uh, regardless, because I've never seen you angry (laughs) for not having, not being able to bake. Um, But, with that in mind, um, kind of picking up on what David just told me is, like, so you so since sugar isn't a bad thing, since baking isn't a bad thing, mm-hmm. since all that isn't a bad thing, you can at least, like, you can limit yourself, but still allow it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like... Tell yourself you're only going to bake one thing a week or yeah. something. Um, and then you can, like, make it last mm. or, what, or whatever. Um, but so, like, you – so, in a way, you are allowing your yourself to have that good thing, but then you're fasting from it the rest of the week. mm mm-hmm. um,
2: I think that's the hard part for me is, like, it's that self-control. Like, if there's a thing of cookies, I'm going to eat them all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's like, I, j- that's why I have to like cut it all out because like I've had times where I'll have so much sugar that my heart starts yeah like beating so fast and I feel like I'm going to like pass out.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, David, there was, we were talking about, um, the temptation of having like a smartphone, uh, the other night and yeah. how. Like I was talking about like I just want to get a flip phone so it's just not even there. So it's like sure. it doesn't have the opportunity. Yeah. Um but you said that like okay, well what if you do and then you decide to get a smartphone again at some point, then that temptation is still there and you haven't built any like
1: endurance, endurance or like,
0: with it. Mm-hmm.
1: Um like immunity to that.
0: Yeah.
2: Hey, that's good. Yeah. Like building an endurance.
0: Mm-hmm. Um that's that- So, it's like you could just eliminate it completely, Mm -hmm. but then it's always that temptation is always going to be there because then you're going to be at Starbucks one day and like you're going to see something super sweet while you're getting breakfast and you're like, "Eh, just this one time. Mm -hmm. Then, like, you it's like a relapse almost. Yeah, totally. Um, So, I think it would be better if you could just build that endurance of like, I'm going to have that one cookie. And I'm going to stop there, and then I'm going to be proud of myself for stopping.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and that's kind of like what I was trying to trying to get to. That like, instead of like me like downing myself for indulging in sin, it's like no, I'm going to be motivated to not sin after this because I know how it makes me feel. Yeah. So you can kind of twist that to where it fits you, and it's like I had this one cookie. It's good. Um, but now I'm going to stop and I'm going to like practice Mm self-control and I'm going to say like, no, not no more today, no more for three days, no more for however long, like you feel convicted would be a good time. And then if you fail and you like end up having another one, that's when it comes into, okay, I failed, but now it's like, I'm going to set this. Mm -hmm. Like like you just reset, you reset that, that timer or whatever. Um, I feel like that may help you.
2: Yeah. No, I like that. That's good. Like, the endurance thing is really good because, like I said, like, I'm, like, really into running and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So, if you've got that physically, it's kind of easier to implement it mentally. So, yeah. Yeah, that's good.
0: Wit, wit, whittle. Hi.
3: Hi. Hi.
1: <laughs> well,
2: Speak.
3: Oh, okay. I don't think I've ever had anybody have to ask me to do that, but <laughs> <laughs> um honestly guys, just and hear me out. I'm not saying I don't need help with anything, but just man, Holy Spirit's just been such a helper. And Freedom Conference yesterday was so powerful. And we went up after the end of each session and, you know, we confessed in, you know, each area to like ask for prayer, like whatever we were comfortable sharing and and got prayed over and freed from that. So I really feel like, um, I guess I'm going to ask you guys for just accountability going forward that I respond in love, that I stay in position. Um, so not, not so much for anything to today that I'm kind of like, well, dang, I mean, for a few weeks, I was having trouble like keeping my joy um, and, and feeling just really mundane and, and wondering if I was going to grow or if I was going to stay just stuck. Um, but just there was so much light in freedom conference yesterday, and it was so powerful and so good. And I just, I feel really free. Um, but just being that consistent accountability for me and checking in on me and be like, hey, are you having joy at work? Are you connecting with people? because I think for a while I just felt really disconnected Mm -hmm. and that drains me more than anything because I just love people so much. And sometimes I'll just get in that place where I'll be around people, but I'll be so disconnected. So um, I guess going forward, if you guys could just really help me with that, staying accountable and making sure that I'm spending time with Jesus the way that I need to, to, to have that joy. Mm -hmm. So if you guys see me acting a little off ever, just be like, Hey, wait, you good. Yeah. I think that would just really help me going forward.
0: Okay. Why um, Why do you think it's so hard for you to hold on to that joy?
3: Well, right now I don't. Um, before, it's because I wasn't, like, stay, staying at my post the way that I needed to. And by that, I mean, like, I was praying, and I would read some, but I wasn't being as disciplined as I needed to be. And... Just, I needed to get into the presence of God more than I was. Like, I knew that I could, but since I knew that I could at any time, I wasn't really making that the priority that I needed to. Mm. And then, um, my dad, I'm not going to share his personal things. I'm just going to say that he's been gone for like a month and, um, hear me out guys. Yes, I'm 26. Um, definitely a daddy's girl love him so very much. And I'm just really excited for the things that God is doing in his life. And this is one of those steps, bringing him closer to that. I will say it's been transitional for me, not having him there, not because I, I need him, but just because I love him and I do feel his absence. And it's, it's just nice to have that relationship. And so him being gone and feeling his absence really took a bit of a toll on me and made me have to get into that quiet place with Jesus. And I actually had complete silence. I wasn't coming home knowing someone else was downstairs. Um, I have friends, but I didn't want to hang out. Mm-hmm. I just, I had to to face that quiet place that so many of us are afraid of. And I had to get in that, that quiet place with Jesus and let him deal with the things going on in my heart that are hidden by noise that I didn't yeah. even know was there. And so that just kind of brought me to this down downfilling place as these things are being uprooted from my life. So but man, he's, he's so faithful. He's so yeah. faithful to heal. He's so faithful to come through. He's, he's not just a counselor. He's your best friend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so he's just been so good to me. And, and yesterday, like I told you guys, it was just so amazing. And I'm just so excited because I've got some instruction. Um, and I was, I was believing God for that. I'm like, Lord, if you'll just give me your word. And I know I have, I know I have your word, if you'll just give me instruction, give me something to stand on right now because it's just a really hard time. And he did. <laughs> he did and he always does. And I'm just so excited because one of the prayers that I had been praying was um, it's in Ephesians and it's like, he'll do abundantly more than you could ask, think or imagine according to the power it works within him. Mm-hmm. I think I, That's
2: right, yeah. yeah. Um,
3: and just the things that have been planted in me for this season to come just go beyond my wildest imagination of anything that I could ever even think to ask God for. Cause I'm really good at being like, Oh, thank you for what I have. Like I'm content, mm-hmm. but we're believers and we're supposed to be believing for pros to, to prosper like abundance. We're supposed to have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus did not pay that high of a price for us to <laughs> be depressed Christians, for us to live miserably, for us to live in, in debt, in, in, Lowliness, like we're supposed to have the joy of the Lord. We're supposed to live abundantly and myself included, we've can get out of that place really quick if we're not careful. Yeah. So anyway, I'm just really excited for the next episodes that we're going to talk about what God's doing in each of us and in this next season.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, Well, we went over a little bit of time, but I think it's important that like we, You know, keep it as honest and real as possible. So, we didn't want to cut it short or anything. But, um, guys, next episode, we're going to be talking about the healing process a little bit, about the recovery of dealing with uh, heart surgery, quote unquote. Um, Just remember to uh, thank the Father for accountability, and we hope that um, you're able to engage in that with your friend group, with your peers, uh, and so on. So, guys, this is Free Wine and Unleavened Bread. We will see you next week.